0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, and different baseball content of all kinds on that page over at Twitter. If you guys are not using Twitter, you guys can go to SportsEthos.com and get all of the same great content over there. A lot of different sports ramping up right now. Hockey, football, basketball, they're all starting to get going. Uh, So make sure you guys are checking out all the great content over there. Uh, We are going to talk, like we have these last few Thursdays, about some hot players over the last couple of weeks. And even over the last month, some of them have sustained their hot stretches uh, for longer than others. And we're going to talk about some guys that I am liking as ads right now in a variety of different formats. 10-team leagues, 12-team leagues, 15-team leagues. The first guy that I'm interested in pretty much everywhere right now is Cabrian Hayes, obviously third baseman for the Pirates. I have really liked what he's done, and it's actually, you know, he's one of those guys who's kind of sustained it for a little while now. Over the last month, he's batting 320 with six home runs. He's driven in 20 in that time frame. Now, the thing with Cabrian Hayes for the last couple of years, really like always with him, he's more known for the speed than the power. The power numbers have never really come around for him. You know, you're looking at this year as his career high in homers with 11, and six of them have come over the last month. He's been more of a speed guy. We haven't seen the speed over the last month. You know, you got to remember 20 stolen bases last year. He has nine so far this year. He has been caught six times this year, not really efficiently stealing bases, but still somebody uh, that can steal you some bases. So I think, you know, the power seems to be a lot more legit. He's obviously leading off for the Pirates. And I like him as an ad right now pretty much everywhere uh, if you need a third base, corner infield, or even a utility type uh, to boost your batting average and give you a little bit of boon there uh, in four categories right now because he's scoring runs as well. He scored 13 runs in the last month to go along with the six homers and 20 RBI. So I really like Brian Hayes. You know, If you shorten that window over the last week, he's 10 for his last 24. Two of those home runs have come uh, in that time frame, Uh, one against Kansas City and one against the Cubs. I really like what he's been doing. He's rostered in 54% of Yahoo leagues. I think he's somebody that you can go and add uh, still in a lot of cases, maybe not in every case, you know, certainly in your deeper leagues, he's already rostered. Uh, But I think a lot of 12-team leagues can probably find him on the waiver wire, Uh, 12-team league managers, I should say. And I think he's somebody that you guys should definitely be taking a look at uh, as of right now. Somebody else that's kind of been interesting to me a little bit recently uh, has been DJ Lemayhew. He's shown a little bit more power. He's not somebody that I would say is a must-add, but considering the way that he has looked over the last month, he's batting nearly 300. We know the batting average is was always the appeal with Lemayhew. It's kind of gone away over the last couple of seasons, 261 last year, 243 so far this year, but... He seems to be getting it going a little bit, especially in the power department. Four home runs uh, over the last week is very sweet. So, And also, you know, the thing that is kind of nice with him is a couple things. He leads off at the Yankees. I know they're not the greatest lineup in the world, but leadoff hitters generally are va- uh, viable fantasy options in a lot of formats. And you add on top of that that he's first, second, and third base eligible. Uh, we're talking specifically about Yahoo there. He's on 47% of rosters. Again, not somebody that is like a run to the waiver must-add kind of player. But somebody that does interest me to some degree as well. Uh, Somebody we got to mention here is DJ Stewart. You know, I don't know how viable he's going to be in the long run, but in the short term, he's having an incredible month here. Uh, Over the last month, sixty-six at bats. He's not an every single day player. Uh, He has been recently, but again, sixty-six at bats over the last month. He's not somebody that's getting a ton of playing time. Uh, But in that time frame, eight home runs, sixteen RBIs. He's batting three hundred three you got to really like what you are seeing uh, out of DJ Stewart. He's only on 8% of rosters. He's playing in the outfield for the Mets. He's batting 6th, 7th uh, most days. You know He's getting in there fairly regularly as of late, and the power has come around uh, quite a bit. I saw some stat put out that he had one of the best months uh, in Mets history. He had one of only six players or something who had 8-plus home runs, uh, an OPS over 1,000, and batted over 300 or something in a month. And it was like David Wright and Carlos Delgado and uh, a couple of other great Mets on that list. And he was one of them. It was a great month for him. And he's kind of sustained that, you know, over the last month. He's looking good, even in the short stretch over the last week. Uh, He has looked really good as well. It's not like there was one strong week earlier in the month that's kind of inflating the whole thing. He's just kind of consistently been pretty good now for the last little while in the middle of that order. A lot of multi-hit games. Somebody that's kind of a sneaky ad you can kind of maybe catch on in 12-team leagues as a utility kind of option while he is hot. Certainly in 15-team leagues, though, uh, DJ Stewart is somebody that I would be looking at. Not somebody who would be a uh, household name for a lot of fantasy managers, and that's why you're only seeing him on 8% of rosters, even with his hot stretch, uh, but still somebody that I would be taking a look at. Somebody who was kind of forgotten about, he had a great start to the season, and then he kind of fell off, and now he's starting to ramp it back up, and he has been for a while, is James Outman. You know, he's kind of gone in and out, but if you look over the last month, he's got five home runs, a couple steals, he's batting 275. you know, he's in that great lineup, so obviously good counting stats, 16 runs and 15 ribbies in that time frame, and even just over the last week, a couple of home runs, he's batting 3.33. Uh, he's driven in seven runs. A good, you know, good portion of that value is being in that lineup, but he's holding his own uh, with the power and the speed this year as well. He did fall off quite a bit based on what we were expecting earlier on in the season. He's only batting 2.54. But if you can get a piece of the Dodgers lineup, somebody who's batting kind of in the middle there, usually in the 6-7 range, Uh, You know, you'll take that in a lot of cases uh, for James Outman. I think that, you know, he should be a lot higher than 63% rostered, which is where he currently sits right now uh, on Yahoo. A couple other guys I do want to mention on the hitting side. Gabriel Moreno, this guy has been really hot. I think we may have even mentioned him last week, but he's still only 20% rostered right now on Yahoo. The power's starting to come around a little bit three homers over the last two weeks. He's batting 327 over the last month, and for the season, that's up to 280. You know, we did see uh, as a prospect that we knew he was going to have, like, a lot of power. He did project more as somebody who maybe not even is a catcher long-term, somebody who may end up being, like, a third baseman because that's his body type. So you're not going to get your typical catcher kind of stats out of Moreno because that's just not really who he is, even though he is a catcher. Uh, You know, you're not getting those, like, 20 home run, 220 batting average kind of seasons out of him. Probably you're going to get a lot more balance out of your production from him. Uh, You know, not a hell of a lot of runs this year, only 26, only driven in 40. But he's coming around recently, you know, uh, with the home runs. The steals are going to come and go. He's not going to be like a guy who steals a ton of bases. He has four for the season. But he has decent speed. You know, he's not somebody who's going to be a zero. I I would expect one, maybe two steals uh, over the last month of the season, From Moreno, he is more of a daily change guy, obviously. But, you know, he is playing most days. Even if you slot him into weekly one-catcher lineups right now, I think that's fine. Obviously, in two-catcher formats, he's a must-have. This is more for one-catcher leagues, where he is still on the waiver wire in a lot of them. 20%, 20%, I just really can't understand it. A lot of multi-hit games for him, even though he is kind of at the bottom of that order. does get turned over uh, to a lot of talent at the top, obviously, there with Marte and Carroll and Walker. There is a lot of talent at the top of the order for Moreno to get on. There is potential for him to come home, and we've seen it a little bit more recently, four runs in the last week, nine over the last two weeks. Uh, so definitely something, uh, somebody that I am looking at right now. 20% is way too low uh, for somebody who is as talented as Moreno. If you're looking to go a different way for catcher, you can go Elias Diaz. If you're looking for more of that potential for power, not that there's going to be a hell of a lot of power, but 13 on the season, more power potential for stats, I guess because of his, you know, his positioning in the order. He does have 62 RBIs for the season. He's been a really strong catcher, whether you're talking one or two catcher leagues, only on 47% of rosters. If you're looking at the last two weeks, he's a top 100 player, almost in the top 90, batting 375, a couple of dingers and a stolen base. You're not going to get a lot of stolen bases out of him, uh, but you'll definitely take that where you have it. Uh, wherever you actually roster him. I do have him in a couple of leagues. I drafted him in that second-half Gladiator draft, if you guys have been following along with me this season. I don't know how familiar everybody is uh, with the Gladiator format on the NFBC. It's where you draft just your starting lineup. You don't have any moves for the season. Uh, This one was done at the All-Star break. I have Elias Diaz and Alejandro Kirk as my catchers, uh, so I've been pretty happy with their production. But Diaz, if you want to go more of a power stat kind of route, Uh, with your catcher Diaz might be the way to go I do love how hot Moreno has been I think either one of them uh, does make for a viable ad Diaz does have a little bit of a tough one Uh, this weekend he's got Toronto's pitching staff coming into town so I don't know if I'd want to necessarily go with him if you're talking just for the short term uh, Moreno does have Baltimore, so it is a bit of an easier schedule if you're just talking for you know pitchers for this coming weekend. Uh, in the long run, probably Diaz is more viable, uh, but I really like both of these guys as pickups if you are needing a catcher right now. Uh, Jeff McNeil, I think we did talk about him last week, but he is still somebody that I am interested in. If you're trying to boost your average up a little bit, if you look over the last couple of weeks, he's batting 327. he's stealing bases, not a hell of a lot of power, only six home runs on the season, but you're going to get the odd home run. You'll probably get one, maybe two more from him for the rest of the season, a couple more steals. He's going to bat close to 300 for you. If you're looking for some batting average stabilization and some multi-position eligibility, Jeff McNeil's second base and outfield eligible. I think that he's somebody that you can plug into to a lot of 12, 10-team lineups even. 10, maybe we're stretching it a little bit, but I do think there are some 10-team leagues. Maybe there's a slightly bigger roster in a 10-team league uh, where he can definitely be viable. For sure, in 12s and everything above that, he is a must-roster player. 66% rostered uh, right now if we are talking about Yahoo Leagues. That's pretty much it for the hitters. I do want to give a shout-out, though, to Andrew Benintendi, who's actually hit a couple more home runs recently. He's only got five on the season, uh, but he does have three of them over the last two weeks. Not somebody that I'd really recommend picking up, but he hasn't been terrible. You know, the narrative coming into the year was like, oh, Benintendi's gonna be awful. He's not somebody you can use. And granted he has not been great. But he's got sixty-six runs, thirty-nine ribbies, thirteen steals. He's batted two seventy-two in 15-team leagues, I think he's been a pretty viable player, especially because he has turned it on recently, uh, if you did happen to hold on. Again, not somebody that I'm rushing out to grab, uh, but somebody I did want to shout out because there was a lot of hate for Benintendi. I was somebody who was pretty in on him coming into the season, uh, but he has actually been uh, pretty good. I'm not going to say he's been great, but he hasn't been as terrible as the narrative uh, would suggest. Let's talk about some pitching options, though. I want to start with Trevor May. Trevor May has been another guy that I drafted for that second-half team. And he has been outstanding. If you look over the last month, he's got five saves, eight strikeouts over his nine and a third uh, with a 289 ERA and a 1.18 whip. The two wins and five saves have been huge. You know, a lot of people are going to avoid closers on bad teams, and that's what you're seeing with a 33% roster rate. Even though he is their closer, it's because – People don't want to have closers for bad teams. That's literally it. The skills are pretty good. He's not amazing, but he's good enough to be a closer. Not in, maybe not on all major league teams, but there is a good chunk of teams where I think he would be a very viable closer. If you're looking over the course of the season, he does have a 4-1-4 uh, ERA, 1.51 one whip. Not amazing, but I think he's good enough, right? And he's getting saves right now. He's been very good for a good while. People Don't want to add him. The example that I've used going back to last year was Daniel Bard. Daniel Bard was the cl- now this year he has been not very good. I think if you look at the advanced stats, the X FIPS and the Sierras of the world, he might have been the worst, he might be the worst reliever in baseball this year. But last year he played for a 68 win team and he had 34 saves. So it's not always a direct correlation between my team sucks, I'm not going to get saves, my team is good, I am going to get saves. Trevor May is getting them right now. If you are looking for saves, and a lot of people are looking for saves, specifically if you're talking about Roto, people are trying to catch up here over the last month. There's no reason to stay away from him. He's only on a third of rosters in Yahoo leagues. It's probably way less in ESPN leagues. I would be going and taking a look at May if you do need uh, a source of saves. He has been really, really good, and it's been surprising uh, to some extent because you know, I don't know what we were really expecting coming in from last year. He had an ERA over five. Not a hell of a lot of closing experience, but he has been uh, somebody that has been actually pretty damn good. Uh, I do want to shout out another relief pitcher, Ryan Yarbrough. He got a four-inning save yesterday against Arizona. It's really weird how saves work. There's certain specifications in the rules. I'm not even sure about how all of them work exactly. Uh, but four strikeouts, he did get the save. Over the last month, we're looking at 19 and a third innings pitched. He's got 16 strikeouts, 186 ERA, a .83 whip, Three wins and two saves. Really, really good stuff from Yarbrough since he's been a Dodger. He's given you good bulk uh, relief innings, two innings, three innings, four innings. And he's been very productive. You know, he's nearly a top 25 player over the last month. And, yes, wins do get very uh, heavily valued in these metrics because they're very hard to come by. And three wins over a month, you know, how often is that going to happen for a reliever? I'm not sure, but pitching for the Dodgers, you know, coming after you know, good starters in their rotation, coming in and pitching two innings, three innings here and there you're going to have a decent amount of opportunities to get victories. The way he's been pitching right now, I think that he is usable, viable in a lot of pretty much every single format at this point. Starting pitcher and relief pitcher eligible. I think that Yarbrough shouldn't be sitting on really very many waiver wires at all, and he's only 11% rostered. He's somebody that is really kind of forgotten, and maybe that is, like we talk about here a lot, people just kind of moving more into football, people kind of not really caring about, baseball as much down the stretch for one reason or another but I think that we have to kind of take a look uh, at what he has done uh, I'm definitely going and picking him up wherever I can I, I, I just don't understand 11 percent I know people you know zone out but it's that's really really too low of a number as far as I see it I do want to talk about another relief pitcher here it's Matt Brash Matt Brash is 32 percent rostered another starting pitcher relief pitcher eligible guy He's going to give you a ton of strikeouts. The ratios have been pretty good. Uh, Yes, he did have a bad outing against Kansas City uh, earlier this week. But overall, we're looking for the season 347 ERA, 137 whip, which is a little bit high. The whip is a little bit high because there's, you know, some lack of control there uh, to some degree with Matt Brash. But he has nine wins and four saves on the season, three wins and three saves over the last month. He's giving you a lot of strikeouts. He's somebody that I'm adding in a lot of places that I already have uh, in a lot of 15-team leagues and a lot of strategies, too, if you're talking about relief pitcher-heavy strategies. I know Tyler here at Sports Ethos, Backpick Fantasy on Twitter. He has a lot of leagues where he has, like, seven or eight relief pitchers, and then you have one or two starting pitchers. And if you're having a strategy like that, which is a very viable one, I think it's called the Marmol or something like that. I can't remember exactly now. Uh, I think that's what it is, the Marmol strategy. Um, but if you do have something like that going on, and even if you don't, maybe you just need a little bit of a you know, potential for a win or a save down the stretch with some added strikeouts, Matt Brash is somebody that I think uh, is a really viable pickup in a lot of formats. So that'll do it. Those are the guys that I am really looking to add right now. You know, there is kind of a variety of roster percentages there from 10% up to 65 66% there with Jeff McNeil. I think that you know whatever league you're in, whether it's a ten-team league, a twelve-team league, a fifteen-team league, you can still do things at this point of the season. Unless you know if you're in fifteenth at this point in a roto league, and you have you know sixty-two points or forty-two, whatever it is, you know that kind of number, then yeah, your your season's done in that regard. If you're a team that's still middle of the pack, let's call it a fifteen-team league, and you got. 90-some-odd 90 points, 92, 93 points. Even if the team's ahead of you, have 110, 115, 120. You, you really don't know what's going to happen over the last couple months of the season. Keep fighting. You know, We're down to the last month now. Today's the last show we're going to do in August. There are certain scenarios where you have to look at it realistically, but a lot of cases people just kind of give up without actually doing the math and looking at the numbers and saying, okay, I need this many home runs. I need this many stolen bases. I need the potential for this many wins. And if you do that math, you make your pickups correctly over the last month of the season, you can actually you know, gain some ground. You're not going to win every single league, but even if you're just making up some ground, getting into the money position, maybe just getting into your playoffs, you know, sneaking into your head-to-head playoffs, even as a sixth seed or the eighth seed, however deep it goes, you never know what can happen in those formats. So just keep fighting. Just keep adding these hot players in and out of your lineups. It's not always going to work out. Sometimes you'll add a player at the end of a hot streak. Sometimes you'll catch a guy right in the middle of it or right at the beginning of it which is obviously really great. Uh, You never know how it's going to work, but you just got to churn them and burn them. Uh, You got to just see who is producing in your lineup. If you have guys who have gone the last week or 10 days without really producing, and there's not really a great sign of it turning around, if the the next week of opposing starting pitchers is rather daunting, and so are the ballparks, et cetera, you have to make those tough decisions. And that's why we're talking about these hot players here every Thursday so that you guys can kind of get an idea of where my head is at guys that I'm adding in specific leagues, uh, guys that I'm taking a look at across different waiver wires, regardless of the depth of the league. So I hope you guys take something out of it. And again, if you have any questions, you can reach out over on Twitter. I'm at Joe 99. Ethos Fantasy BB is the company page where you can find all of our podcasts, including this one, all the articles, different news, notes, and everything else. Our newly launched Dynasty podcast as well. The Farmer's Market Dynasty Baseball Podcast with Andrew DeSegli. Uh, We've talked about that a little bit here on the show. We teased it, but you guys need to be checking out what Andrew is doing. Forgot to mention it yesterday. It was a very (laughs) kind of hectic day, Uh, but yesterday was the official launch of that show. We're going to talk about it here. I'm going to plug the hell out of Andrew uh, every single day here on the show, so make sure you guys are checking that out. It's linked on my Twitter, on his Twitter, uh, on all the Sports Ethos accounts. You guys can go and find it. The Farmer's Market Dynasty Baseball Podcast. Uh, Andrew's already got two episodes loaded up in there. Uh, One of them talks about some trends that he has seen recently, uh, risers and fallers, I believe. And the other one was a mailbag, a Q&A from you guys, uh, questions you guys sent in. So definitely go check that out. Again, check us out over on Twitter and make sure you guys are following uh, all the accounts of all the great guys we got here at Sports Ethos. But I'll let you go. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. We'll talk about some weekend streamers as we will uh, do going forward here. We kind of got a good structure going. I like the way we got the Tuesday mailbag, the Thursday mailbag, hot players and then the Friday kind of streamers and then Monday and Wednesday we kind of mix it up but I'll stop rambling I'll leave you guys there have a great night take care we'll see you tomorrow cheers